So tonight is August 28th, 2019, and the title of tonight's sermon is Reordered. Reordered. The last time I was in front of you speaking, uh, I shared a word entitled Redefined. Wade thinks I've got my own little mini-series going. Um, I felt thoroughly blessed to be allowed to share it uh, and I feel equally blessed to be allowed to share uh, with y'all this evening. <laughs> We've been talking a lot about generations, family banners, uh, mezuzahs, and that's got me thinking about, over these past few months, thinking about what my mezuzah is and how it applies to every part of my life. And something that I haven't thought about that I'm uh, currently working on is how it applies to my children as well, because they're under my mezuzah, and as long as they're in my household, they need to be operating under that mezuzah as well. And so I've been having an excellent time uh, getting to see uh, both Devlin and Ivy and Vera uh, operate in Floor and Mine's uh, mezuzah. Uh, my mezuzah is, simple, it's just four words, establishing order through service. And so I, I think about what um, gifts that God's given me, the diligence that he's given me in different areas of my life. I operate most effectively whenever I bring order to, to, to situations. I communicate to the body or to my friends and family where they stand, um, whether it's from a legal standpoint or uh, counseling, general uh, life coach to my clients outside of just legal advice, um, but also to even the praise and worship. You know, a, as, a, as a drummer, I bring an order and a backbone uh, because Lord knows what Peyton would do if I let him loose uh, to set whatever tempo he deemed worthy. Um, yeah. So the, the scripture verse that I associate with my mezuzah is Isaiah 32 and verse 17. Yes. It says, the fruit of righteousness will be peace. The effect of righteousness will be quietness and confidence forever. So, does anyone know what else peace could be translated into in this, uh, in this verse? Shalom. That's exactly right. Shalom and order. Um, you know, I, I like to, things to be organized. Uh, I like things to be ordered. And so, establishing order was a, was a great, um, you know, as I was going through thinking about my mezuzah, that's, that came easily to me. But it was Floor who provided the second two words. It's through service. So I'm, I'm not providing an establishing order through some great feat of strength or eloquent speech or um, sick drum fill. It's established through service. It's humility. It's putting others above myself. It's that sacrificial uh, thought that I... Uh, try to operate in. Um, aside from that, the second part of that verse is the, uh, it has an effect as well. It's quietness and confidence forever. 
So, I mean, that, that gives me a time frame with which I can enjoy uh, the effects of shalom. Um, but I, I want to get into tonight's, into tonight's meat. Um, the more and more I studied on this message, the more and more I realized that my mezuzah was wrapped up into it. And it's all about reordering. Uh, the inspiration actually came from uh, something that's at my house. It's something that I see every single day. And it's something that inspired uh, deep thought. And um, uh, I'll show you a picture of it. Megan, if you want to put that first slide up. Beautiful, right? Deep thought. So this is an aloe vera plant. And whenever, whenever I got it, it was about the size of my hand. So not terribly big. And now it looks like this. And, and there's two things that I want you to take a look at here. Not only the plant, but also the pot that the plant is in. So it grew from the size of my hand to that using only the dirt, soil, and nutrients that were in that pot. There's no pot added. I mean, there was no uh, soil added to that pot. We didn't graft on any any branches or... Um, any growth to it at all. Literally, the entire mass of that plant came out of that tiny pot that was beneath it. Um, Everything was already in that pot. Everything was already in that pot, with the exception of maybe some water, that that plant needed to grow 50 times in size. There's no other mass. So see, that got me thinking about what is that? What caused that? It was the transformation of the soil into order. Something was in that pot that transferred, modified, transformed chaotic dirt into structure. Um... Aloe vera plants aren't that aren't that be- beautiful. Um, Megan, can could you put that that next slide up? So this is the wisteria tree, and uh, as you can see, it's absolutely absolutely beautiful. It's got rich color. It's got uh, uh, spindly arms and thick bark and a nice dark, rich brown color. And uh, the flowers that it produces are absolutely beautiful. It makes like a carpet on the ground in fall. Um, it provides shade, beauty, and housing, maybe, maybe for birds. It has a function. So these two plants are, are very different. Um, you know, one is small, ugly. The other's large and beautiful. But the thing that they have in common is that they both come out of the same dirt. So there is virtually no difference between the dirt that produces beauty and the dirt that produces something that's not as pretty, something that's unremarkable. Whenever I think about un- unremarkable things, I think dirt's probably at the, at, the, at the top of the list, right? Is there any uh, resource on earth that's more unremarkable than dirt? 
Let's, uh, let's turn to, to Genesis 2-7. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dirt of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. So what we see here is something that was the lowest of the low, the most common resource that God had on the face of the earth, and that's what he chose to reorder into what we are. But he didn't stop there. Let's go to Genesis 1 and verse 26. Shouldn't be too far. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creation that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him. So we see here that God does something a little bit extra. Some might say that he put a, a potential energy um, into, into man. Because not only did he reorder this dirt into, to have uh, his own likeness, but he infused in it his own image. So now we see dirt that's been reordered and repurposed. I, I don't want to talk a lot of, about the seed. I feel like that, you know, we, we've shared messages on what the seed is. We know that the seed is the gospel. And um, I don't want to go real deep in, into that. But we can see that to start, to start the growth, we need a seed, right? That's what started the, the growth for the wisteria tree. That was started the growth for the aloe vera plant. So God's got something that's reordered. It's repurposed. Now he wants to see it do something. And we can see the first job that God gives man. It's to go out and multiply. And it's to subdue. God expects growth through reproduction. I knew I'd get an amen from Nick on that one. See, God's setting, por- setting forth a pattern for this growth. Um, and he started with his own pattern and with his own seed. And and see, that got me thinking about a a seed, too. What is a seed? A seed is not a a baby plant, okay? Because the seed dies, and the tree is alive. It is a catalyst. It is a material modifier. It's a prism. It's a portal. So So many things go into it that are chaotic and unremarkable, and it reorders them into something that's got structure, and life and health. That made me immediately think about the gospel in my life. If I'm the soil and the seed is the gospel, what in my life is being translated or transformed through that prism of the seed into something that God can use? Something that God can use to produce fruit, some might say, around the world or for the nations. Um, it, it got me thinking about the substance that the seed is in. And honestly, 
the worse the soil, the better the seed grows, the better the plant grows. If you have soil that's one component, things aren't going to grow very well. But if you've got soil that's got manure, rotting fruit, dead animals, rotten things, uh, dirty water, so many things, so many experiences that are going to be retranslated through that seed. Now, yeah, sometimes you get the clean water, you get the fresh sunshine, but a lot of a lot of the times in our lives, what we are and who we are are our experiences, right? You are only the sum total of your experiences, and you got to take the bad with the good. Who in here has ever felt uh, sad? All right. Uh, who in here has felt happy? Uh, betrayed? Depressed? Victorious? Defeated? Yeah. See, the point that I'm trying to make is that we're all the same dirt. There's, there's nothing that you experience that has not been experienced by the common man. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there's spectrums in each. But really, the spectrum of the, of, the, of the soil, the dirt, the crap, it really doesn't matter. What matters is the seed. Because if you go through life happy, rich, healthy, educated, uh, have beautiful family, f- friends, everything, everyone's always nice to you, but you don't have a seed inside you that's translating that for the glory of the gospel, you're going you're gonna to produce a wicked, rotten, um, nasty tree. On the flip side, you could be a paraplegic. You could be depressed. You could have your friends leave you. You could have no money. You could have no uh, wife, no kids. You could have a debilitating disease. You could have... Uh, any number of things that's horrible. But you've, if you've got a seed inside of you that translates all of that crap, you can still produce something that's beneficial to the world. So what's the difference? Yeah, you might go through something easy. You might go through something hard and difficult. The only deciding factor is the seed that's inside of you. Let's go to First Peter 1 and verse 22. You know what? Scratch that. De- Deuteronomy 22, verse 9. See? You got to watch out. Got to be quick with me. Watch out. Do not plant two kinds of seed in your vineyard. If you do, not only will... Not only the crops you plant, but also the fruit of the vineyard and the vineyard will be defiled. Wade said that that word could also be translated forfeited. So right here we see in the law that from the very beginning, God is putting down a pattern that one seed is really all that you can have if, if you're going to have health in your life. 
two seeds, one is going to strangle the other one out. If, you, if the good seed, if the seed of the gospel strangles out your bad seed, your bad nature, why did you plant two seeds to begin with? On the flip side of that coin, if the bad seed strangles out your understanding of the gospel and your salvation, then you've lost everything. The idea is to only have one seed. Now let's go to First Peter 1 and verse 22. Now that you have been now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other love one another deeply from the heart for you have been born again not of perishable seed but of the imperishable through the living and enduring word of, of God so I mean this puts it out plainly um, the imperishable seed is the seed that comes from the gospel and like I said, I don't want to go a lot into that. But the main point that I'm trying to make is that um, when you think about seeds, you want to think about the, uh, the type of growth that you want to see in your life. And it doesn't matter what crap that the world is going to throw at you. It doesn't matter the experiences that you're going to have. Whenever, you're, whenever you translate those experiences, whenever you transform those experiences into growth, all that you can have is a healthy relationship with God. Um, let's go to Matthew 13. Let's start in verse 3. Now, this, this may be a, a, a familiar passage as it was part of Wade's sermon a few weeks back. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places, where it did not have much soil, and sprang up quickly, because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came out, the plants were scorched, and they withered, because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which, were grew, up, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, and thirty times what was sown. So one thing that I wanted to touch on here was the idea that the the seed and the soil did not change in any of these examples. The seed was the same. The soil was the same. It was the circumstances that were different. And if you are the type of person that can use your soil, whatever it is, to produce growth, you will replicate what God wants to re- replicate inside of you. I've talked a lot about your experiences. One of the examples that I think of that comes to mind is some of the patrons at the uh, restaurant where my wife works. She works at, at Tony's. And you have some of the uh, most wealthy people they come in there. Um, they they married into good families. They're all higher educated. They have everything that they want. They live in a fancy house, drive nice cars, 
have uh, humongous 401ks and retirement plans. They're powerful. They own lots of land. And every single one of them that comes in there, for the most part, squabbles like children over tables. They have scowls on their face as they drink their $400 wine. And they just look like they don't even want to be there. And it's so easy to see that the seed inside of them is producing something that's foul, wicked. It's unhappy. It's unsatisfied. And at the same time, you see people like our pastors, people that sleep on dirt floors, people that uh, don't have a comma in their bank account, people that... uh, I assume. No. <laughs> they drive used cars. Have you seen happier people on earth th- than our pastors? Happier people, th- people than our elders? See, the, the, the difference isn't the soil. The soil's the same. The difference is the seed. But let's move on from the seed. Let, let's talk about the tree that the seed produces. Whenever you want to have good growth uh, in your spiritual walk, whenever you want to have healthiness in the, in, in the type of spiritual man that you are, what a tree does is it takes in the good and shucks off the bad. It grows its roots deeper. It takes in the good, shucks off the bad, makes its, root, its bark stronger, makes its leaves more plentiful. See, and that actually does something that's pretty cool because as a tree grows, its capacity to take in more good things grows as well. See, the Christian walk is no different. Uh, The Christian walk, uh, like I I think about foundations. You know, uh, Eric, you know, put a lot hours and hours uh, preparing just to go over one chapter. Uh, in the Bible, out of one book, and he'll read a, a verse, and he will he'll talk about six different things from that one verse. I'm like, wow, mind blown. I get it. And then I go to, and then I see someone that's maybe their first time visiting, and you know, and they're like, yeah, that two things with the verses was really cool. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but didn't you see like this, this, and this? Wait, what? So. What we see here is a root system that's so uh, mature, that's so well-defined, that it goes deeper and deeper and deeper. So that a verse that, uh, that a, a baby Christian hears, their roots aren't that deep. They're, they're plumbing maybe a few nutrients here and there. But someone with a robust root system, someone that's got a deeper understanding of the word, they get to understand a deeper understanding of the word. They start making connections all over the scripture. It's the exact same as, as tree roots. Um, as it pertains to the bark, the bark gets stronger and stronger. Um, <laughs> whenever life throws all whatever, wind, rain, hail, wild animals, anything that's trying to get at your sap, blood, your lifeblood, the health of who you are, it's easier to, to, to fend off whenever you are translating more and more of your life experiences to make you stronger 
and stronger. The, the, the metaphors are endless. I know y'all are like, Keith, quit talking about trees. We get it. No, uh, just a few more. No, I'm kidding. Um, and then finally, the leaves. In the same way as the, as the fruit, the bigger the tree grows, the more leaves that it has, the more light it's able to take in, the more nutrients it's able to, to get. So the stronger you are, so greater the capacity you have to hear from the Holy Spirit, so greater the capacity that you have to, to, to hear from the Lord. Um, but there's actually one part of the tree that's not useful uh, to, to the tree. Um, there's something that a tree produces because the, the roots benefit it, the bark benefits it, the, the limbs benefit it, the leaves benefit it. But the funny thing about nature is that there's something that a tree produces that does not benefit it at all. It actually expends the tree's resources to produce this. And that's the fruit. Um, whenever we think about what our lives look like, we think about, um, how am I getting along? Am I doing okay? Can I be better? Can I be worse? You know, am I getting stronger? Am I understanding this? When really our mindset should be, how is what I'm receiving able to be transferred into something that I can give away that does not benefit me? The Bible talks about that you know a man by his fruit. And what is fruit in the Bible? Deeds. That's exactly right. It's so clear. What you expend from yourself is the fruit of your character. It's the fruit of, here, of who you are. Um, the healthier that you are, the greater your fruit is. The more experience that you've translated into a strong spiritual walk, the greater your capacity to put out fruit is. And to other people, it's sweet. When you go help someone move, that's sweet to them. They gobble that fruit down. They love it. Whenever you share a word with someone, uh, that's sweet to them. They like the taste of that. But if you're the type of tree, if you're the type of man with a spiritual walk that's immature and you share a word and you don't really know what you're talking about, you're just doing it because other people are doing it, it turns out that that fruit might not be as sweet to that person. They may not understand it as much. It may be somewhat off-putting. All the more reason to make sure that we've got a healthy walk and a healthy outlook. Um, let's go to uh, Matthew 7 and verse 24. When we're, whenever we're talking about root systems and the things that come against you, I want to read this verse in light of that. And I'm going to switch a couple of words. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who planted his tree on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that tree. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. 
But everyone who hears these words of mine does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house or his tree on, on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. So whenever I think about the fruit, because that's really the end goal, is to produce fruit. That's the tree's end goal, is to produce fruit. That's our end goal as well. We want to produce fruit for the kingdom. But the cool thing about it is, as you're handing out fruit, as you're giving of yourself, what is inside that fruit? When they get to the middle of that good deed, when they get to the middle of that sacrificial sacrificial action that you did with them for them they see something in the middle of that it's like a gift to them why is he doing this why why would this type of person um reach out to me like this why would this person who doesn't know me sacrifice for this and that's when you have the opportunity to replicate what is in you because the seed is already in the middle of the fruit and that as I think about it, that is the danger in seedless fruit. So often we see these churches or organizations or um, um, charities. It's like fruit, 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 but no seed. There's no gospel. There's no uh, motivation. And all it does is make them fat. All it does is feed them. It it benefits them physically, but their souls are still damned. But I'm talking about good fruit. Um, the type of fruit that is produced whenever you have to go through some crap. I think back to my, uh, I have an uncle who lost a five-year-old to a leukemia. And, uh, and they're spirit-filled Christians. And, um, you know, I, I can't think of much worse on earth to go through than to watch your baby slowly die. Um, that's some crap. That's some crap that got flung at them. And so they had the seed, the imperishable seed inside them already, so that whenever they got flung that junk into their life, whenever that became a part of their soil, they were able to turn that in. They were able to transform that crap into a type of fruit that was exquisite. It's a different type of fruit because so often they, they would come across uh, other parents with um, sick and terminally ill children. And uh, the parents would say, you know, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know, you know, you haven't been there. This is my kid. You haven't lost a kid. You don't, oh, you have lost a kid. You do know what I'm going through. And then they gobble down the fruit because it's sweet to them. It's something that entices them. They want to know more. And then what's in the middle of, of, of that fruit? This is how I did it. This is, you see what's in the middle of this? This is how 
This is what changed in my life. So that whenever I had this crap thrown on me, I was able to retranslate it through this process and produce something that now you're benefiting from. It makes me think, what, what fruit are you producing in your life? What, what fruit am I producing in my life? Is it the enticing kind? Do I give empty words and platitudes? Or worse yet, do I offer deeds and no gospel? Do I do things and then never say what motivated me to do, to do these things? You can't just be nice. You have to let them see what's in your life. I'm not saying you have to bring a Bible to every single interaction with every single person, although some of you do, and I appreciate that. But the, the point of that I'm, I'm making is, what is the fruit that you're producing in your life? And is it the type of fruit that's sour and tart and off-putting? Is it the type of fruit that's sweet but has no gospel? Or is it the good fruit? that's embedded with a pattern they can put in their lives to change it forever. You, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I am very proud of this church. I feel like that we, we get this right more often than, than, we, than we don't. Um, and so I see a lot of healthy growth in here. I see a lot of people that are on fire for the gospel. I see a lot of people that give of themselves sacrificially, they have a healthy root system. They have a deep understanding of the gospel. They have thick skin. They're strong. But you know, that's not the end yeah. of it. It's good to be strong. It's good to be powerful. It's good to be beneficial to others. Um, let's go to John 15. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it may be even more beneficial. You know, at the start of the service, we we got to see a a brother that I love uh, benefit from some pruning. I got to see, um, I've I've gotten to see things in in my life that were a, a wicked growth get cut out. And all that that did was make the healthy parts of my life all the more strong, all the more fruit-bearing. Because the type of fruit that the wicked growth produces is going to bring death to your life. Let's go to Luke 13. Start in verse 6. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree, and I haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, I leave it alone for one more year. I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, 
fine. If not, then cut it down. You know, here we see kind of the how we should be acting, and our and our pastors do. How many times have you been given grace? How many times have you been given mercy? You know, how many times have our pastors said, "I believe you can do it right. I believe you can get this. I believe that you can make the changes. Let me help you. Let me dig away." Let me add strength. Let me add good advice. Let me add the good things into your life so that we can see healthy growth. So much time. More time than we deserve. The Holy Spirit's the same way. The Holy Spirit will give you time. He'll speak to you. He'll comfort you. He'll dig things out of your life that you know are there and that need to be taken away. And then, and then what happens? He adds things to it back. He doesn't just dig around the roots. He adds good things. I'll dig around it and fertilize it. Let me add these nutrients in. Sometimes the, the, uh, the bad experiences is pain. How often in the Bible do we see God use pain? Yeah, look at the prophets, all of them. Like every single one of the books of the prophets. It's all pain. Every once in a while he'll talk. I'll be like, this is my word. Listen to me, voice from heaven. Here's my angel of the Lord. But more often, he just uses pain. He just uses those experiences that you get to retranslate into growth. And we do this for each other. We do, the pastors do it for us. We do it for each other. We, we see things in our lives that need to be cut away. We see unhealthy growth that needs to be cut, cut away. Growth that's stealing the lifeblood from the healthy parts of the tree. I want to talk a little bit further about this fruit. Because it's, humans do a funny thing. You know we're the only species on the planet that will lie about our condition? You, you kick a dog, it yips. Like, you make an animal excited, it flits around and goes crazy. Like, they, they don't hide anything. Humans are the only planets, the only species on the planet that say, oh no, I'm producing fruit. What if an apple tree did that? I'm producing apples. How, it's funny. How obvious would it be? Well, are you producing apples? But see, humans think, oh, they'll just believe me. I'm producing fruit, guys. And what does the Bible say? You know a man. You don't have to guess at a man. You know a man by his fruit. This is not a guessing game. This is not a believe the lie. Believe the words that come out, out of my mouth. And ignore what you see in, in, in front of your face. <laughs> Don't tell me you're in possession of a seed of the gospel when you never do anything to support anyone but yourself. Let's, let's go to Mark 16.
start in verse 17. And these signs might accompany those who believe. <laughs> these signs may accompany those who believe. You know, uh, court battles have been fought over uh, the word may. A court may. A court shall. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons, speak in tongues, pick up snakes, drink deadly poison, and will not hurt them. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. It's a, it's, it's a constant struggle. It's, it's not easy to take in the good and shuck off the bad. Take in the good, shuck off the bad. Take in what's useful, do away with what's not useful. But it is our job to do it every day in our lives. And if you take a step back and look at the broader picture, the church works in the exact same way. The church is a tree. Our church, LCM, is a tree. We take in the good. We take in the useful. Well, we take it all in, but we shuck off the, the bad. We shuck off the unuseful. We take in the good. The good stay. The ones that are not useful find their way out. They cast themselves away. And so on a broader scale, our church is like a tree. We start producing fruit. And it's capable of so much more. It's the type of fruit that affects nations. It's the type of fruit that benefits an entire community. It's a type of fruit that uh, um, helps out every single culture group, every single ethnicity. Every single person that walks through those doors can benefit from the fruit that's being produced by LCM. I want to take one step further back, though. Talk about the church of the world. Because it works in the exact same way. Healthy churches come in and contribute. Selfish churches die off. A healthy church will will reproduce itself. The world church will take in healthy churches and it will shuck off the bad ones. Take in the healthy churches, shuck off the bad ones. Take in the healthy churches, build, grow, build, grow. And the churches that are not healthy will die out. And so we can see on the broadest scale possible, we see a world's church that's going to benefit every single nation. We see now, if you, if you take a look from 10,000 feet up, we see God's pattern to bring health. We see God's pattern to bring life. He took that pattern and he dropped it right in the middle of Canaan as a promise to Abraham. He dropped that seed and he expects that seed to reproduce itself. He, he expects that seed to uh, produce fruit, to grow. He expects that seed to turn into a tree that will bring life to the world. A tree that will bring fruit to the world. I can't talk of, of, about one that brings uh, fruit to the world and not talk about the prime example. The tree that had 
more crap thrown at it than every tree. The perfect seed. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. Start in verse 20. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam, all die. So in Christ, all will be made alive. But each in his own turn. Christ, the first fruits, when he comes. Those who belong to him. You see, Jesus got hit with the weight of the sin's world's, the world's sin, I'm sorry. Jesus got hit with the worst experience that has hit anyone ever. Jesus got hit with all your crap. Jesus translated, transformed all of that junk that was put on him and produced a fruit so eternal so exquisite that all who ate of that fruit would have everlasting life. The worse things got for him, the better things get for you. It's a type of fruit that some might say, if you ate of it, you'd never hunger again. It's a type of benefit that some might say you'd never go thirsty again. John 4 says, everyone who drinks this water will, be, will, will not be thirsty again, but whoever, I'm sorry, everyone who drinks this water, referring to the well, will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give will never thirst. In John 6, he says, I'm the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. So as you, as you go through life, we're trying to grow. We're trying to grow strong in in Christ. We're trying to reach a place where we're putting out as much fruit as possible. We're planting as many seeds as possible. We're giving of ourselves. We're expending our time, energy, and resources to produce fruit to replicate the pattern. We're trying to make our, ourselves grow into something that can be beneficial to the next generation. Even in death, a tree provides for the next generation. Is the body of your work going to be useful for those who come behind you? Because to grow song, you need to cut off out these these superfluous. As you make the spiritual man grow, ultimately, that's what helps the generations grow. When 
Whenever I think about this in my life, I find that whenever I'm going through something easy is whenever uh, I'm not experiencing growth. Whenever I go through something difficult, that's when everything that doesn't matter starts to go into the blinders. It starts going too out of my focus. So today was a big day for me. And I experienced uh, something that really made me think. I had two contested hearings this morning. Ones that I've been preparing for for months. Um, And it was hard for me to sleep last night. Tossed and turned, didn't get much rest. I was at the office till about 11, um, preparing. And I felt sick to my stomach, and I feel, man, gosh, am I prepared? What have I spent my time doing? How have I wasted this time on not things that are necessarily sinful, but things that just are superfluous? Things that don't matter. I start thinking, I need to spend more time in the Word, gaining wisdom. That would help me. I need to spend less time in front of Netflix and honing up on my craft. I've got things that I could research and study that would give me a greater capacity in the courtroom. What am I doing? Man, what am I doing? Why do I waste so much time on stupid stuff? And then I go into the first, and I feel sick. And I go into the first hearing, and it does not go well. Um, It was, you know, my client was upset. I was upset. And I I walked out of that, that, that hearing. I was like, all right, that's it. Changes are being made. The superfluous is being done away with. Uh, it's time to get my life in order. I want to see growth. I want to see spiritual growth. I want to see my family grow. I want to see my career grow. I want to see the the tools that God's given me. I want to sharpen those. I want to hone those. And, um, oh, man, I just felt, man, nothing matters. And I was, like, like motivated. I was encouraged. And uh, I go into the second hearing, and... uh, I, I won spectacularly. Like, the judge gave me everything that I wanted. I even won stuff that I wasn't asking for. Like, he just handed this huge win to me. My clients were excited, and they were giving me hugs and just over the moon. And a little voice in my head said, No, nah, you're fine. You're fine. No, no, there's nothing. You don't need to change anything. And immediately I was like, no, 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 no. Like grasping at a balloon that's going away. Every second it's longer and you got to jump higher, but you can never get it. It was that feeling of, no, no, I want to feel motivated. I want to feel encouraged. I want to feel like everything's on the line. Everything is on the line. Every day. 
was talking with Wade. I'm like, is that why y'all live like this? Throwing yourself into discomfort? Throwing yourself against the tough odds? Because that's addicting. Feeling motivated all the time? Feeling like it's you against the world all the time? God, that's awesome. And then I'm old enough to realize now that it's the comfort. It's the ease that slows me down. What's slowing you down? What ease do you have in your life? Why aren't you throwing yourself in? Why aren't you doing away with the superfluous? Because nothing else matters. Throw yourself in deep. Y'all can stand with me. Lord God, we come to you right now, Lord. We ask that you help us. Help us shed away that which does not produce growth. Help us to shuck off that which hinders what our capacity is. Lord, Lord, help us to focus on what is healthy. Lord, bring pain into our life if that is what's necessary to get us where you want to be. Come on, church. We're so used to having the power from the heavens. And tonight, the Lord is allowing you to hear your own thoughts. To hear the depth of your own heart. Are you being fruitful in this place? What does your fruit look like? Can you hear the voice of the Father speaking? Saying that what matters is the fruit that you are actually producing in your life. And He wants to help you. He wants to strengthen you. No amount of resource can undo a poor seed. But no amount of adversity can overcome the good seed. Mighty God, we're crying out to you that you might work in us. That we might produce fruit for you. That we might throw ourselves headlong into difficulty. Headlong into adversity. That you might work these things out in us. And produce in us a seed. Fruit with more seed in it. Lord, that we might be able to advance your kingdom here in this place. Not just in futile words. Not just in the superfluous, Lord. But in the things that matter. The kingdom that matters. Instead of lamenting the difficulties, Lord, may we reach out to them understanding that they will cause our fruit to be better. Lord, help us in this place. We cry out to You, trusting in You, mighty God. Lord, we want to produce fruit. Fruit that will last. Fruit that is produced from those who are staying attached to You in every way. 
God, forgive us for seeking comfort instead of seeking your face. Lord, help us in this place today. Speak to us in this place today. Lord, we want to have a body of work that shows that we have the true seed of the gospel on the inside of us. Lord, we do not want to produce seedless fruit. Lord, we want to produce fruit. Lord, that we will not receive any benefit from, but that it will feed others. That it will spread your seed, Lord, around the world, God. Help us today. Minister deep in our hearts, God. In Jesus' name.